can't hand you a business plan, but we can make you business wise. So sit back and learn to make stacks with the octopus of enterprise. Hi, Diana here, and today, instead of the deck, you find me at home, and you might even detect the sound of a snoring dog behind me. What am I doing? I'm folding my pants. Why do you need to know that? Well, it all started after watching an episode of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. If you don't know her, she's a professional when it comes to organising your space. And she's probably most famous for asking the question, does this T-shirt, candlestick or whatever spark joy? Which got me thinking, how important is the feeling of joy in your own business? Does your business spark joy? That's the exact question I asked of two fellow entrepreneurs, and this is what they had to say. So today we're discussing the joy of being in business. Does your business spark joy, as Maria Kondo would say, for you, the founder, your team and your customers? And who better to discuss this with than Debbie Clark, a.k.a. Debbie Duda, that's with three U's, uh, who is a business coach, and Cheryl Andrews, founder of Step by Step Listening. Hello, welcome both. Welcome to the Octopus of Enterprise. How are you doing today? Hi, lovely Diana. Thank you for having me on. And nice to see Cheryl here as well. Very excited. I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. You're most welcome. Now joyfulness in business. I mentioned Marie Kondo and for those who don't know she is the woman who talks about choosing what sparks joy and she doesn't talk about discarding stuff but rather keeping and choosing the things that really speak to your heart. That's the sparking of the joy so it's not all about folding your pants it's also about a sort of philosophy. In terms of joy in business (laughs) Maybe I've got in the pants a bit too early there. Um, (laughs) What do do you think about sparking joy in business? If it isn't sparking joy, should you leave it, drop it, or maybe not discard it, as Marie Kondo would say, but sort of thank it and move on Mm. to the next thing? That's one of the nice things about Marie Kondo is that you're kind of picking up things and you're looking at them in your life and your pants. And we're going, ah, does this give me joy? You know, is it relevant in my life? And if it doesn't, then you kind of almost say thank you for the place that you've held in my life. And you kind of blow it a kiss and you and you put it away in the charity shop or you say no, thank you. And I like that idea that she brings in of of kind of honouring things, even when they don't quite fit anymore and thanking them for the place that they've had in our life and then kind of letting them go um yeah I I love a bit of Marie Kondo and all my pants are rolled up like little sausages and all my t-shirts are rolled up like little sausages and nothing's as creased as it used to be and I can find where everything is so it is a wonderful kind of framework for bringing ease and simplicity to our lives and I think that we can have more joy-filled businesses if we only put the things in that we need and that make us happy and I think the word happy gets overused it's a bit of an overused thing like manifestation manifestation and happiness have been kind of overused I think at the moment but I'm a big believer in if you're not enjoying what you're doing why are you doing it at the most you're going to get 90 odd years on this planet it's a really small amount of time so why waste your time doing things that you don't love that don't bring you joy um and sometimes you can't get rid of those things quickly you know sometimes it takes a while obviously we might talk about people who work for other people they might not have the same thing but if you're going to create your own business you're the master of it make sure you like it 
Okay, so it's about what doesn't spark joy for you. What about you, Cheryl? How does joy show up for you? Um, well, it's interesting because I'm very much of, you know, listening to your heart and your head and and doing more of what you love. But I also have a saying of learning to love what you have to do because there are going to be parts of the process for building a business, uh, running a life. You know, not everyone likes cleaning a toilet, but there is some joy when it's clean. So it's like there, it's also, sometimes the joy isn't in the actual action. The joy is in the impact of the action. So the actual thing itself may not be particularly enjoyable. But if you remember what the impact of that afterwards. So I think it's important to do more of what you love. And I think it's really important to be mindful of why you're ditching things. It's very easy to get rid of stuff because it's a bit uncomfortable. It's a bit outside your comfort zone because you're going through change. And then that's the same way you sort of don't throw the baby out with the water. So you just get rid of everything in a sort of mad. Well, I'm not happy with it. I'll get rid of it. So I think it's important to do this considered decision making. Um, And if you can't get rid of it quickly enough, as Debbie might uh, suggest, then you learn to love it in that moment to learn the lesson it's teaching you or the information it's providing you with. Yeah, I wanted to add something in there. I think that point that you kind of said about actually life is sometimes hard and it's probably too high an expectation to think that we're going to be joyful all the time. I think that leads to insanity uh, because life has ups and downs and the downs make us appreciate the ups as well so like even when I was having chemotherapy and had cancer there were still many joyful moments throughout that because I was positively looking for well, where are the lessons how can I enjoy this how can I get the most out of this experience and so there's an element of kind of almost choosing to look for it and you can find it in all sorts of odd places like cleaning your toilet I love my toilet because I have a picture on my toilet of a toilet that I bought for somebody in Cameroon. It's the most horriblest toilet in the world, but they must love that toilet because that means they have a toilet. And so every time I use my toilet, I think of what my great nan used to think of, isn't it a miracle that I use this toilet and it just disappears? All this waste just disappears and aren't we wonderful? So I think even in the basis things of, oh, I'm cleaning this toilet, you can think, oh, but isn't it a gift to be able to have a toilet? Isn't there joy in that? Absolutely. And I think maybe people's expectations of what joy is can sometimes be too high. But yeah, I think even in those, those small moments, but I think maybe the thing is, if things are repeatedly knocking you down, if you're doing something and repeatedly thinking, oh, I really don't like this anymore, then there's a question of, will I give it away with love? Will I say no? Um, I don't think it's this erratic, like, ah, I need to change mm. everything now. Because um, yeah. we're quite fickle as human beings as well, aren't we? And what could spark joy one day probably just doesn't give us joy the next day as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm picking up on that, giving it away with love. I think that's yeah. the, that is the most important thing. Yeah, so when life is pence, if you fold them right, maybe you can kind of get control over them again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sure. Um, So we've talked about joy in the form of pants and toilets, but I want to know more about uh, what joy means to both of you in a business sense. Where does it come from? Does it come from the joy you provide for your customers um, or consumers? That's like an external source of joy. Or is it actually more of an internal thing for you that's uh you know so long as you're happy you're not bothered about how successful your product is or your your service do you think you can have one without the other personally i think joy comes from the stimuli 
externally. So whether the joy is from, you know, looking at a flower or a toilet and going, God, it's so good I've got one. I'm not in Cambodia and I'm very grateful that all my goes away with one flush. You know, I did my accounts yesterday and I was very pleased with the results. So I think there's elements of joy you can get. But there is something that when I just worked with a client yesterday and they've launched something that they'd, you know, they've been putting off. And that for me, I can feel it in my system. It's absolute pure joy when there's a shared connection of change or achievement or or even if they're, you know, just able to sit with and have some compassion for the fact that they're tired or they're they're scared. That for me is the is the is where the joy is. So yeah, profit is nice, but I suppose what you're saying is authenticity is whether that's coming from the founder of the business or its customer. That's where joy is truly from being yourself and putting yourself into your business, warts and all. Yeah, I have a friend who literally just ships in screws from China, repacks them and resells them at a profit on eBay. There is no joy in his business. It's just a thing that he does to make money and he doesn't really need to put himself into it. But I think most business owners are putting some of them into that brand, that that business. And that is a really vulnerable place to be. And I think that's not something that happens overnight. That's something that we learn as we learn to trust ourselves and we learn to trust our skills. And maybe we have some clients who say really nice stuff about us and we start to kind of gather evidence. Actually, we're all right people like us we're okay you know we're going to be all right and that vulnerability kind of becomes less and less but it is a scary thing putting yourself out there and going woohoo here I am do you want to buy my stuff which is kind of essentially what you're doing um most of the time when you're when you're running a business so actually the more at peace you can be with who you are the easier that is I think we need to find our own tone of voice our own kind of speed the the way that we do stuff and try and compare ourselves less to others and actually the more comfortable we can become with who we are the less we will compare ourselves to others the more vulnerable we can allow ourselves to be because we're creating a strong stable foundation of usness and it doesn't mean that there aren't days when I'm crying snotty in a heap or not feeling that great about myself or questioning my self-worth but built myself up enough so I can get back to a good place a lot faster yeah the recovery is quicker isn't it yeah the recovery is quicker I'm not saying that I'm like I've got it sorted and I'm always joy-filled and life is amazing like going through the Everything perimenopause is a you know smashing my head against a brick wall a lot of the time of all the weird symptoms of that like there are things that life throws at us um but I can afford to be vulnerable because I'm much more confident in who I am just let you know Debbie there is joy the other side there is joy the other side (laughs) (laughs) I just want to let you know it gets easier so it's definitely a, a test that period of time That's nice to know because I was literally looking at Google Maps in a meeting with somebody the other day and couldn't fathom for life nor death how Google Maps worked or where the street was that I was looking for. And I was just like, my brain is a potato. This is insane. I can't think of anything. Ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, back to your question. You have to be vulnerable and you have to feel exposed. And that's kind of part of running a business these days. Mm. And the more comfortable you get with that, the better. But it doesn't mean that you have to be the loudest all singing or dancing person. 
And I think that's where it's important to get the right support around yeah. you. So a, a classic example, just yesterday, you know, people will know that I'm I'm prolifically out on social media. I'm quite happy to put myself out there. But somebody had comments on it and they went, oh, I just my heart breaks for you. Their inference or their interpretation was I'd really done something damaging for my reputation. And, you know, da, 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 da. he said, you put all that effort in and no one's commented. And I went, I didn't expect them to. And he said, why? I said, because it's too vulnerable to put it out in the public. But they will know because I've put it out that I'm OK with that stuff so they can come and talk to me in private. And he was like, oh. but he, <laughs> he was. Ri- but when he first said, I was thinking, God, what have I written? You know, I have to go back and check it. I was thinking, what have I said? And it's it, because actually he was seeing me be vulnerable and then me not getting any affirmation. That comes back to knowing the process, trusting yourself. but Every time we do something where we're finding out about another part of us and we're revealing it to people and we're wanting to know whether or not it's accepted, it's loved. And, you know, and some people won't love it. And some people, it's really quite scary, if, particularly if you've been a people pleaser and if you learned to adapt yourself so much to be yourself. Um, so, yeah, definitely about vulnerability, but make sure you've got a support network in place. So I think we're learning that the idea of what is joyful in business is quite subjective and it can yes. be it can be huge and energetic but it can also be really tiny and small yeah. um one of the things that producer henry and i were talking about earlier on was um what jobs that you've done where maybe it isn't the one that's the most joyful and you alluded to that at the beginning of the podcast actually debbie um thinking mm. about you know when you don't have the luxury of choice where you don't where you're not necessarily in the position of your business and the way you want to show up and your joy is is the main thing in your life perhaps you've got to do a part-time job perhaps you've got to do something else is there anything that you've done where it doesn't look that joyful but actually you've found some my example is the fact that I am as a student used to go into wheat fields and pick out the wheat that was not the right variety of wheat by hand and put it in a sack um, because the wheat was being used as the uh, seed crop for the next year. And the only way they could do that was to get people like me on a tiny wage to walk up and down rows of wheat, picking off the wheat heads that weren't quite the right ones. But the joy for me there was that I did that with a group of friends. And yes, your brain has to go, is this the bit I need to pick out or not? But otherwise, it's free to have a conversation with people and to have a camaraderie of the fact that you're in your galoshes in in the pouring rain, picking bits of wheat out. And it's quite ridiculous, really, that this is a job that someone has to do. Um, So (laughs) that's my example. (laughs) So I'm probably not the best person to ask about this because I've been sacked seven times. So when I don't feel joy, I become disruptive. So I have had lots and lots of jobs that aren't joy-filled, like working in chicken factories or packing plastic or doing tele-sales for cavity wall insulation and all sorts of things, Um, I just leave. So even before I had cancer, I had a very acute sense that life is short and that I wanted to only do things that were fun. Like one of my biggest values is fun and it kind of sounds flippant. But for me, that's really important. Like that's kind of the barometer. And yeah, not everything is fun and that's okay. But as long as 80% of what I'm doing is fun over the year, then that's all right. Um, But like you said, you can you can be chatting to friends. You can look out of the window. You can find other ways to engage yourself. And actually work isn't everything. 
and we have friends outside of work or we can go walking in mountains or we can we can dance in our living room or we can you know hang out with our with our friends so work doesn't have to fulfill us in all ways either sometimes it is just a means to an end and I've had plenty of jobs where it's just a means to an end and that's okay I have to be honest with you I have absolutely loved everything I've ever done um so what's really interesting is one of my core values is fun and it's a bit like the word joy I've realized that I I find fun and joy maybe they're similar things in sometimes a repetitiveness of something because it gives myself a brain rest um, but I equally like the the challenge and the stretch of doing things that are different. So from daffodil picking and working in a fruit and veg shop to working at Pontins as a waitress or waitress, as my dad used to say. Um, <laughs> um, and maybe it is because I have been adaptable and wanting to learn, often look at, you know, what did this teach me? But a bit like that, I, I want to pick up on what Debbie said about, you know, maybe your job doesn't have to fulfill you. And the same with the tasks within the job, you know, not all of them are going to make you go, no. yay, but yeah. they're part of a process. But equally, I think it's important when you look at your support network. So I think it is remembering that you don't get your fulfillment in relationships just from one person, as you don't get them from one form of work it is a network of people and tasks that are the catalyst for joyful moments to happen within so really really quickly because we're running out of time and I could carry on this conversation for ages more um you mentioned that you know work isn't everything so what's the one thing that each of you do like at the end of a working day or whenever that might be it might not be at the end of a day what what's the thing that balances some of the work that brings you joy in your life I think for me it's just being with people I love great just that just in and that can have many forms but just being being with them and I have to say it's a journey that I'm currently learning to do so the things that I'm enjoying right now learning is jewelry making painting um walking in nature and actually being comfortable being on my own Wow, I'm loving the deep answers. Producer Henry's uh, answer was much more basic. Her answer to that question being Netflix. (laughs) I will say to you, I do do that with the husband, but that isn't what I love to do. And it's just that's a compliant thing rather than a joy thing. For me, going out, noticing things, taking photographs, that brings me joy. But sadly, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much, Cheryl. And thank you so much, Debbie. And thank you for listening. I'm Diana Pasek-Atkinson, and you've been listening to the Octopus of Enterprise.